This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, Disruptive CEO Nation. We have an episode today for you that is what I like to call a two-four, or maybe a three-four, is that we are going to have a wonderful entrepreneur case study. We are going to hear about products that can help you in community building and with your social media strategy, as well as we're going to talk about digital trends. So I want to introduce you to a gentleman who has built a company trusted by other companies like Microsoft, Golf Channel, NASCAR, WWE, and more, and whose company currently touches 115 countries in terms of how their product reaches. So, Nick Mattingly, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, happy to be here. Um, Nick, CEO and co-founder of Switcher Studio. Switcher is a video creativity platform. Uh, we allow you to make better video more often using your iPhone and iPad. You can edit while you shoot. So instead of just having your camera uh, <laughs> and letting that run for an hour, you could put your logo on the screen, switch from the camera to a photo or a video, or even show another angle or a perspective. And uh, we were a launch partner for Facebook Live in 2016. Uh, we, we work really closely with Microsoft through Microsoft Stream and LinkedIn. But I think the thing that is most exciting is that this product in a in a box that's it, kind of figurative because it's software, but uh, it's used in a lot of different ways from podcasting to news, to worship, to sports, to hobbyists. And uh, now we're seeing a lot of opportunity around live selling and video commerce. Uh, so lots of exciting things in the mix, really looking forward to the storytelling platform of choice for creative businesses and teams. Well, and I just love that the creative storytelling platform of choice, because it can sound so simple and we're going to roll up our sleeves and and dig in because I think for me, what was compelling about speaking with you, Nick, is this passion you have around, it doesn't have to be extremely high-end equipment. It doesn't have to be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars invested to make your brand look professional and polished. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing movies today that are made on phones. Um, <laughs> in the peak of COVID, late night TV shows were doing Zoom calls and people were making video from their homes. I, guess, I think the whole paradigm has shifted where we're all in the same playing field. And uh, I think there's a lot of power in that. But I still think a lot of media consumption is on this huge spectrum and in, in how it gets made. And as consumers, we don't ever really take a look behind the curtain. It's like you make an Instagram or TikTok video and point and shoot. What you see is what you get or pay an agent for you. And we think that there's a lot of opportunity in the middle for businesses to take ownership of creating content on their own, 
Um, and then doing that to make video with higher frequency. So there's not big gaps between one and the next. And that allows them to build relationships with their customers. Uh, and that ultimately is community and helps drive sales. Well, I'm all about community building. And for our listeners, if you happen to be near a computer, you can uh, look at the website, which is switcherstudio.com. And the goal is to get this on our phones though, right? It's not just to have it be, it's, we can use it on all of our devices, correct? Yeah. So the, the magic happens on your iPhone or iPad. Uh, you create an account through our website, switcherstudio.com. Use that same account to log into the app. And if you want to connect another camera, you just open Switcher on another iPhone or iPad. Or you can share a link with uh, a guest or a friend uh, in, in another country on any device, Mac, PC, Windows, Android, you name it. So Nick, let's take a step back because I always love to hear a little background on people's founders journey. And I was very intrigued, you know, you're in Louisville, Kentucky, and you've got a partner in Switzerland. Um, So just tell us a little bit about your background and and how this business came to be. Yeah. So before starting Switcher, uh, a friend and I had an an agency helping businesses create online video and uh, we eventually got to a point where we were also helping them get that video on their website. So this is, you know, YouTube had been around for maybe four years at the time and anything on YouTube is going to have an ad on it. Uh, so there's a, a lot of value in, in you driving people back to your own property, to your.com. But we would have a lot of businesses that would get excited about that prospect. They wanted video, they wanted to invest in it, but they had no idea where to start and they weren't making video. And, and at the time, like a lot of the solutions were expensive. They were complicated. You know, if they said, yes, there's a big gap between making that decision and actually being able to execute on it. And so part of what we were looking for was a, a way to get people to yes sooner. Like how do you short circuit that? And how could we get ourselves out of the way? So we weren't a gatekeeper and really empower people to make content on their own. Um, and that, that was a really important moment for us is I, I uh, that's when I met Gabe, who's now the CTO and co-founder in Switzerland, and um, shared some ideas on, on what we were trying to solve, came up with a, a beta version that we put out in the world and, and charged money for at a time when apps were like free for a dollar. And we, we were charging a $500 a year subscription in 2014. Wow. Um, <laughs> and it, it worked. Um, people really embraced this product. One of our first customers was leading video and media for Mars. The company makes like candy bars. Ah. Um, but then we also had pastors and people, they're doing worship services. And, and I mean, just all, all kinds of different people that gravitated toward this idea of making content when having a camera on your phone was still not all that far along. That's why Instagram has filters. Like the cameras weren't good <laughs> to begin with, but every six months um, they continue to get better and better and better. And uh, th- through that journey, we started with a, a joint venture and a partnership that, uh, you know, we continued to develop and market and support this product together and eventually made the decision to roll this all up into one new entity and get venture capital um, and so now we have offices in, in Louisville, Kentucky, here in the, the Midwest, Middle America, and Everdon, Switzerland, uh, where, where Gabe was CTO and, and co-founder is. Um, brought in some other folks to help early on. Went two years bootstrapped and self-funded. I went two years without a paycheck. Um, I, I, I joke, but this is, there's so much truth in this. Is my wife was really my first investor. She let me be crazy and go do this. Um, and she eventually stepped into the company and, and helped in a lot of different ways for 
uh, almost four or five years, and and now she's on to her her own venture. So really excited to support her in that way. So first, I want to comment for our listeners who are listening to this. As Nick's telling his founder story, his eyes are like glistening, and he's got a smile. It's 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 actually quite quite charming, Nick. I I know that's like you're you've built this global business, and I'm sitting here going, you're charming. Um, but I can just I can see the reward of the payoff of this, this hard work. And and not everybody has the opportunity um, to be brave enough to do that, go two years to bootstrap it, which, which leads me to this question of product pricing, because when you're feeling that kind of pressure, like, okay, now I'm ready. We're at the point where we're ready. We're at the point where we need to get out there and really move our product and as you said, in, in 2014, you started off with a $500 a year subscription. How difficult is it as a business owner to determine and feel confident in your pricing models? I, I don't know that you ever 100% are. And, and it's something that I would encourage anyone to experiment with. And, and maybe to some extent, like train your customers that it might change. Um, but for us, a subscription is something that really aligns the value in, in what we're building and, and what our customers get because we're always improving this. We didn't build it and put it out there and just throw our hands in the air. Like we, we really listen to our customers. We want their feedback and that's an important part of you know, where we take the platform next. Um, we, we are also introducing a, a tremendous number of ways for people to be more interactive and have two-way communication and you know we we end up at paying somebody else a subscription to enable some of those things to happen and so in some ways you know just the nature of the product that we built informed that business model um that's not to say that there aren't other approaches that work really well and um you know we we could have a one-time charge and uh you know do big updates you know every couple of years and make you have to buy it all over again i i think that's a really dated business model and you and it's not really working in software in the way that it did maybe 10 years ago. Um, but I, I think the biggest takeaway I've, I've had through this whole experience is don't be afraid to charge for your product. Yes, get, get people to touch what you're building and, and learn from them, but they're not really a customer if they're not paying for your product. And you could have the greatest idea in the world and you go try to raise a ton of money, customers will always be your best investors. If you can get someone to pay for your product, um, that means you've got something that's real and that can be sustainable. And uh, you can find more of those customers to help grow what you're doing. So I, I think that's something that I see a lot of companies that go out and will raise $10 million out of the gate. It, the whole team is engineers they work on it for three years and nobody has seen it. Uh, and, and then you go to market and that can work. But I mean, from day one, we had our product out in the world um, and we had people using it and paying for it. And we're able to reinvest in our business along the way. We didn't just rely on venture capital. We became self-sufficient to some extent. We've had years where we've been profitable um, but we want to be able to reinvest that so we continue to grow. Well, I really appreciate you saying, you know, customers will be your best investors. I want to switch the conversation and talk about trends. I had a guest recently 
who I don't want to say he was anti-social media marketing. He was all about evaluating where you spend your dollar and what you're using social media for. And he was a big proponent of using anything that is video creation, social media creation, really to lean into customer engagement and customer support and not necessarily leading into sales or thinking that you're going to find new markets through social media. So tell us what you're seeing some in trends, what we as business owners what we would one, either come to switch your studio for, or two, what is it that we should be thinking about in this next wave? Because once upon a time, it was just get a video up there. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just, just do it. And, and, you know, TikTok and other things have just pushed us. So give us an idea of what we can do for customer engagement and trends coming up in this space. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to slice this. Uh, I, I think one place to to spring from is that every platform is solving a different problem. And in a lot of cases, they have a different core audience. So depending on who you're trying to get in front of, um, one platform might make more sense for you than another. But there's also this this want um, to be everywhere. And so I I think this is the juxtaposition of you, like you can't just necessarily make one video and put it in all of these places and expect it to perform the same way. Um, there's also a, a trade-off. Tool, tools like Facebook have been able to to build in ways to use video to reach customers for ads, or you have Hulu where you could run video targeted to customers in like specific markets instead of one commercial that hits you know anybody and everybody that's watching. That level of targeting starts to become really interesting, um, but the return on investment even though it has attribution, maybe isn't always clear. And so to that end, like video can also play a really important role in things like interacting with your customers for support or hire in the funnel for brand awareness. So uh, I think that's maybe a long way uh, of getting to, there is no one clear path. Um, I would encourage you to think about your video strategy holistically and how you could maybe play in a couple different places, but don't let that get in the way of getting started. Like getting on camera is hard enough. Just press the button um, <laughs> and and start um, and be okay with it not being perfect. I, I think um, traditionally so much of video has, has, it's been just as important what you don't show as what you do. Uh, it's really, really polished. There's this idea of, of you know, the level of production quality. Uh, you know, when it comes to social content in particular, I don't think that matters as much. Like People want to see the real you. They want to engage. They want to meet other people with shared interest. And being able to create that video with frequency can bring a lot more value. This, you, know, you see YouTube channels where they're putting out a video every week in some cases. Um, that frequency is really important. We, we think about... The, the way we go to market for advertising and, and top of mind is like if we're, they're saying it's $7 million for a 30 second Super Bowl ad. And I'm sure Nick, you sit back and go $7 million, man, what I could tell you to do with that money through different channels. Um, as you said, in this targeted marketing, where should we as, as business owners? So, so most of my people that I talk to are, they're in some form of business building. Some of them are founders at the very beginning. Some of them have very, you know, multi-million dollar businesses that have been stable for a decade, but they still perceive themselves as in building and, and growing. Tell us how somebody that is a smaller 
business founder can use your products or what's the entry point for your products? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing people that have never made video before pick up Switcher and be successful. On the other end of the spectrum, we've got you know, freelancers and people that have used you know, big production trucks that come in and, and are using Switcher to the extreme, doing 80% of what they could accomplish with their big rig. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to start small with something like Switcher and grow. Um, you don't have to be intimidated by using all the bells and whistles or like pushing it to the max with just your phone and putting your logo on screen. Now you've created a branded video and it's recognizable. And if you're creating content with frequency, people know that it's you. I, I think one of the things that, that we have really prioritized is thinking about how we can simplify this. So it's not scary or use less video jargon and technical terms, make it more visual. You know, we talk about having a global footprint customers in over 115 countries. It's, you don't have to know English to use the app necessarily. Um, you know, having something that's really visually driven, I think has been a big part of our success story. Um, which, which is still in motion, by the way, like, I still feel like <laughs> we're just getting started. I've been stumbling here for a long time, but uh, I think just, you know, making it easy, helping people stand out um, and, and start small. You don't, you don't have to go right into multicam. Like even though we were one of the first solutions in market to make that possible with iPhone and iPad, like wireless multicam video, use your phone, put your logo on screen, um, bring in a photo or a pre-recorded video and speak to it. Uh, it's, it's almost like a reaction <laughs> video. Um, another way that you can kind of ease into this, it, it can be really intimidating to plan content ahead of time or script or think about run of show. And I don't want to discourage those. Like, I think those are really important. And if you can build that in your process, you'll have a lot better end result. But having a dialogue or a conversation like you and I are having right now um, can, can really ease that. And, and so, you know, is there a customer that you can could interview? Is there uh, a vendor or an expert in your space where you could have a conversation about industry trends? Like, you know, identifying opportunities to have a conversation through video and share that with your audience um, allows you to, to create some really great content, but also bring your audiences together and, and you're amplifying and supporting one another in doing that. What's the biggest trend that you think business owners in your in the space that you operate in should have on their radar for the next year? Oof. Uh, selfishly, we, we are really excited about what's happening with video commerce and live selling. Uh, when we look at Asian markets, they are light years ahead of what's happening in the West. <laughs> they absolutely uh, are. Sit in a hotel room in Japan and watch TV and you'll know how far ahead they are in live selling <laughs> or look at their street, look at their, um, their apps. Yeah. I, when I go overseas, you, you are correct. They are far ahead of us. Yeah. And, and I think it's, um, it's something that consumers are hungry for. I mean, as, as you look at the total number of spend in e-commerce, I think it's like 20 or 30% of that revenue is coming through live selling in Asia. Uh, we haven't even scratched 1% stateside. So uh, I think there's a lot that we can learn by looking outside of our world um, and, and what's happening in other places. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity here to lead. You know, when we talk about 
social or investing or return on investment. You know, it's it's the new things where there's still experimentation where where it, it is free to get reach. You know, the, the platforms aren't charging for it um, in the same way. And so I, I think live video, even though it's been around for a while on social platforms like YouTube and Twitch and Facebook and Twitter, um, it's we're still in the beginning. Uh, and I, I think if you can build that into part of your overall video strategy, it allows you to create content that you can repurpose. Uh, you, you could put that video on multiple social channels, but you could pull out a snippet uh, and make that work for something like Instagram or TikTok. And that's something that we've actually built into our solution is you know, with Switcher, make your long form content. You'll have the 18 minute interview and then pull out a clip or highlight, re- reframe it so that it's a vertical video, put text or stickers on top of it, and then share that on another social channel. Nick, I appreciate speaking with you because I love marketing and I love speaking to marketers and people who touch marketing on this program. I am a two-time president of the Chicago American Marketing Association. I don't usually drop that on this podcast. In in the old marketing worlds, I mean, and they stood for such a long time, you know, being first to market. And if you weren't first to market, then you had to have a better product or a better price because you weren't going to knock off the number one. And I think today, reach and how you extend that reach is is everything and how you leverage technology. And it's you're not going to be the market winner just because you have a superior product. It, it's just not the world we, we live in anymore. So people need tools like you're offering to help them achieve that mass market reach. And or a little edge of humor and creativity goes a long way nowadays. Nick, I want to flip back to, um, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur. I know that you are part of the Endeavor Entrepreneur Network, and I'd love for you to tell us just a little bit about your experiences with that network and your philosophy for entrepreneurs when it comes to finding a home base of like-minded people. Yeah, so Endeavor is a it, it, it's a, a group and organization that's really focused on helping companies have a big impact outside of coastal regions. You know, New York, San Francisco is where most of the investments go and, and where you know, the VC world operates. And we're we're in Louisville, Kentucky. We're in the Midwest. Um, they started with an international approach. Uh, I think some of their first offices were, uh, you know, around the world. It was a long time before they they came stateside to support regions here in their own backyard. Um, and they're they're really focused on impact and scale. How how can you have an an outsized influence um, on changing people's lives? Because the ripple effect of of companies that build something big is they they create a lot of jobs. They create innovation. Even if those companies fail, the things that they've moved forward um, can carry on and, and move the world in, into the future. I mean, look at Napster as an example. There's still a version of it that's existing now today, but um, it was this big, scary thing that was challenging in, in industry um, and, and really pushed us forward the way we consume content today, where we're not even buying singles on the app store. Like People are just subscribing to Spotify. Um, and they were so far ahead of their time. You think about Netflix and what they're doing. I mean, these, these maybe aren't the best examples because they're the winners, you know, they're, they're the big <laughs> players, but there were a lot of smaller companies that were trying to solve that same problem. Um, and in, in working on that have moved us all forward. Well, thank you for that. 
we're getting close on our time, but we also on this show like to talk a lot about your founder relationships and the and your business partner relationships. So you are based in Louisville, Kentucky, with your beer barrel whiskey sign behind you <laughs> on the video, and your partners in in Switzerland. What makes that relationship work? What what would you advise anybody who is trying to make a co-founder or a business partner relationship work? What tips do you have for us? Yeah. Uh... I mean, recognize that there are cultural differences um, and embrace that. I, I think you know, having a different point of view can really challenge your thinking and, and help you solve problems differently. Um, I think this this may sound really basic, but like it, in a lot of ways, it's helped me become a better communicator. I think when you and I are having a conversation or I'm talking with a friend, we, we use a, a lot of jargon and, you know, sayings and, and things that really don't make a lot of sense that we just take for granted. They, they're a part of our vernacular. We've grown up with them. We understand it, but they don't necessarily translate. Um, and I think just in business in general, like being direct, um, you know, less is more in some cases. Uh, it, it's not a, it's not a knock on, other cultures are working internationally. Like these are really smart people. They already by default speak more languages than I do. Like all I've got is English. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're making magic and, and creating something out of nothing. Like, um, but I, I think clear communication helps you really get to the right problem to be solved. Um, and it helps you communicate, communicate to your customers better. Uh, you know, if, if you're, and maybe this is something I can still work on, you know, I talk about what switcher is, and I probably went on for two minutes. You know, there's a five word version of that out there. I'm still working on, I'll always be working on it. Well, if we came back to you and talked to you in two or three years, what's the vision for switcher studio? I, I led with this a little at the beginning, but I, I really believe there's an opportunity for us to change how video gets made. Um, and, and especially when I think about the world of video commerce and, and where those two worlds intersect, like e-commerce and video, uh, that, that, that moment of inspiration uh, and, and, and how video helps get you to that transaction, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of problems to be solved there. Um, there'll be a lot of different solutions that come to market and we won't be the only one, but I, I think we have a really different view on how we can get at that. I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things happening upstream and in the enterprise and you know, the little guys, you know, SMB, there's way, 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 way more of us. Um, <laughs> and the communities that they're building um, the passion around those brands and the products that they're developing. Um, you know, it's, it's not just about selling products. It's about solving problems for people and bringing joy. And, and there's just a huge ripple effect in everything that we've done. Like, of course, I want our company to be successful. Um, of, of course, I, I want our team and our employees to see this as the, the best place that they've ever worked and, and really look to other things that are happening at other companies that we can emulate but not only do our customers that are using Switcher to make video get a lot of value, the people that watch their content come to expect it and rely on it. Mm -hmm. um, and they are also bringing people together. And, and so 
I, I think it's just, I take a lot of pride in that part of it. It's really exciting to see this incredible collection of people that we've brought together all over the world in an online user group and community that use our product and, and share their videos and put their questions out there and help one another. Uh, last year, there were 2.6 million videos made with Switcher. I think if you were to sit down and watch it, it's 185 years worth of video that was made last year alone. Uh, and, and that doesn't even get to like how many people were watching or consuming that content. Well, Nick, I think that's a great place to close on the, the fact that, you know, you, you start as you started at the beginning, you had two years where you bootstrapped, you self-funded. I loved how you gave the shout out to your wife as being your, your best investor to being able to look back the last year and know that 2.6 million videos were made on your platform. It has to feel good. Nick, where can people go to connect with you or find out more? Yeah, I, professionally, LinkedIn is a great place to, to hit me up, ask a question. Um, if you want to learn more about Switcher, go to switcherstudio.com. Uh, you can create a account and get started. No credit card, no strings attached. Take it for a spin. Uh, and, and from there, you can find all the other goodies, uh, you know, our Discord, our, our you know, Facebook groups, um, all, all the places where our communities are starting to come together. Well, thank you so much, Nick. To our listeners, if Nick said something that you think somebody else needs to hear, pass a copy of this episode along, or as he said, reach out to him on LinkedIn. And we always appreciate you being a dedicated listener. Please go to your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review and share some love with us as well. Again, Nick, thank you. Wish you the best in the next year. Awesome. Thanks, Allison. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.